Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. I hope you are doing well. Today, we're going to talk about overhead cost recovery and really understanding all these expenses that go into running a business because it's typically more than we realize. And to make sure that we have enough money to pay all the expenses, to pay the taxes, to pay ourselves, the owner of the business, a nice, good uh, salary and wage, and then to have profit left over after all of that, it takes knowing our numbers. And so John Pajak is passionate about uh, his budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines uh, workshop. And recently, uh, he shared a two-hour workshop at the LCR Summit uh, where he really dived into all these numbers. And so uh, poor old John got slotted right after lunch. So <laughs> here we are. Every, you know how everyone after lunch, all those carbs, people are napping, and then John's up there crunching numbers. I was like, oh, man, I should have put Payjack in the morning. But uh, he did a fantastic job, as you're going to hear here in a moment. So thanks to Naylor Talaferro for um, the inaugural LCR Summit and inviting John to be uh, one of the teachers. Uh, if you want to watch uh, what you're about to hear in its entirety, as well as the other um, talks from the event with Jonathan Potoshnik and Marvin Salcedo and uh, uh, Keith Kalfas, myself, uh, those are all available. Um, Naylor's got replays of those, uh, but want to... Uh, share with you a little bit behind the scenes of what John shared at his meat and taters talk of the budgets, break evens, and bottom lines. Uh, without further ado, here is the host of the Profits with Payjack podcast, the man, the myth, the legend from Chicago, Illinois, not Gary, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois. I have a huge selection of, of services. Just like Jonathan uh, Potoshnik was saying, uh, and Marvin was saying as well. They would rather see people excel in one category, focus on that, perfect that, and get that drilled in so that you could now understand what it costs to run that. And I forgot which one said it, but, you know, if you're, if you're looking at it and you say, hey, you know what, ornamental applications, we see what, say it's 2023, we, we had, um, you know, $7,000 in that. And then, you know, we, we wanted to set our, our goals. It's like, okay, 7,000. Yeah. Maybe we could still play with that if you see an upcoming trend, but if you're doing irrig um, uh, irrigation maintenance and you did a thousand dollars in that, you really might want to consider not even putting any effort into it because it's not a, it's not a generator, especially when you are looking at a business that's that maybe been in business for a while, but is, is not finding the traction it needs. And it's been spinning its tires for a while. You might need to do an audit and look at all the things that you do and just go maybe downgrade and just say, you know, we're going to focus on mowing services, uh, aeration and maybe snow, you know, cause like we're from, I'm up from North and that's kind of a common thing where we might just only have two or three services that we focus on. Yes, sir. Exactly. 
Right. And there's a lot of times that we do that where if we are going to cancel something like just this year, we finally stopped doing our legacy mowing uh, crews. The, we, I stopped advertising for mowing in 2020 and we've just been kind of through attrition. We are losing, we lo- we're losing all of our mowing clients when they would either go away or whatever, for whatever reason, we just wouldn't replace them or I wouldn't replace them because I was focusing on fertilization and weed control because it's a, for me, it was a much, it was easier to contain. So think about what you, what you, what your business, what you want your business to look like and then follow the mold. You know, you have a hundred percent control of what your business does. Don't just try to compete with somebody because they offer everything. You got to customize it for you. It's your budget. Okay. So what, as we're looking at this, you know, you've got budgets that can be created for each division. I consider each one of those services a division. Instead of having it, uh, like I said, one big organism that your business takes care of and it has all these million things, break it down into smaller bite-sized pieces. That way you could look and you could find, make sure that your pricing is streamlined. You could sit there and like I, I kind of hinted at before, if you're charging... $60 per man hour. That might work for, you know, um, for mowing, but it, it might not work for hardscaping because of just the, the, the skill that the, you, you're going to have to pay a lot more for your labor. You're going to have different types of pieces of equipment. And there's a lot more risk involved. You have to understand that too. When I started going into fertilization weed control, I realized very quickly before it happened because of horror stories that I learned from other, other companies where, you know, you hear the horror story of a guy puts, uh, you know, roundup in the tank to get back at his boss for some reason. Cause he's just upset with him. You could screw up a lawn by mowing it too low, but it takes like two weeks for it to grow back. And it's like, okay, we're, yeah, that sucked, but everything's better now with chemicals. There's a much higher risk that there's something could go wrong. It might not even happen to the lawn. It might not even happen on the property. There's a thing called volatility. When you spray certain herbicides and the temperature rises and it, there's no wind, what happens is like a little gas cloud forms above the lawn. Okay? It's kind of cool. I'm a nerd about this stuff. But you, sometimes you can see it. A lot of times you can't. What ends up happening is that this you know, cloud, almost invisible, forms above the lawn and there's no wind to blow it. But the second a wind comes through, oh, it might be on the neighbor's lot. And maybe they have rose bushes or they have, you know, a tree or a bush or something big and it affects that and it kills. It's not going to mess up their lawn really because it's meant to be on the lawn. But that whole thing gets pushed over. Guess what? You're on the hook for that. Because I know with the uh, Indiana uh, state chemist, if something bad happens because of an application, they get called out and they do a whole investigation. And there's a lot of, you know, really, I'm friends with some of them, not in a way that's like, you know, it contradicts. It's, it's, it's not unethical, but, uh, you know, I know these people and they're nerds. They are nerds and they love going at it. And they're like, yes, we found some triclopyr and we found some amino acids that are uh, congruent with the 2,4-D. And yeah, you poisoned their lawn, so you're going to have to pay for it. I'm like, that sucks, because that's like $400,000. There's one, one company, 
that took out pine trees and it came up to like some ridiculous number. It was like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of damage. If you're not charging enough, <laughs> of course your insurance is going to take a hit and all that other stuff. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of risks. So those prices that you said, they should not apply to everything. If it's a low risk place, then yeah, you could do whatever you want. But if it's a high risk uh, division, you're going to have to charge for a little bit higher just in case something happens. <laughs> um, and then also real quick, it, if you set it up like this, you could also ensure that each one of those divisions is profitable. Because if you have everything clumped together, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're totally cool. We're fine. But you might not notice that like your, um, your, your ornamental applications are actually in the red and the profits from the other services are uh, picking up the slack. Okay. So it basically, it quickly identifies any service that might be underperforming. You might need to let it go. Anybody have any questions so far? I know money. <laughs> let's, let's move on. I know, I know, I know it's, it's starting to set in. I could see it where, you know, the, those carbohydrates are starting to settle and it's comfortable in here. But the first component to the system here is you're calculating your direct labor burden. And this, this chart up here, this is dated 2021, but for the most part, this is actually pretty still accurate because if you're paying your payroll taxes and you have your labor burden, does everybody know what labor burden is as far as, okay, so when you cut a check for a, a guy makes 20 bucks an hour, right? You have to deduct, you have to pay part of their taxes. Uh, you, you know, they get a part of their uh, check. They have to, you're, you're collecting that and you're paying that on their behalf. And then you also have to match that same amount. So when you're sitting there and you look at your social security, that's 6.2 that the, you're withholding from their check for, for this category. And then as the employer, we also have to put that in for them. We have to match it. So the total comes out to 12.4%. Your Medicare is included in that as well. So you got 2.9% total. Each participant is paying 1.45%. So just from your social security and Medicare, you're paying 15.3%. Okay. Part of that comes out of their check. And then the other part comes out of, from the business. Another thing that we, if, especially if we have employees and we have, you know, W2 employees, you have to have workman's comp insurance. One thing I advise all of you, and please take note of this. Okay. Because this might save you a lot of money. It might save you enough to pay for your ticket right now. I'm not kidding. Okay. The price of admission could be recovered here. If you're in the wrong uh, service category, they have these NCCI class codes. There's one for every single business out there. They have ones for crane operators. They have ones for, uh, you know, office workers, everything. Okay. If you don't have a uh, knowledgeable or maybe a rookie uh, insurance agent that doesn't, you, you tell them, they ask you, oh, what do you do? And you say, I'm a landscaper. That is a very broad subject. Because think of all the things that we could do as a landscaper. Maybe they hear that and they go, okay, there's a code. It's called, zero, you know, the 0042 code, right? 
They just, they don't even ask you questions about what your business is actually like. Maybe you say you're a landscaper, but the only thing you do is mow. Or maybe you do fertilization weed control and that's it. You don't do any like installs. You're not working around heavy equipment. You're not digging holes. You're not getting up on ladders. You would actually go into the lawn maintenance category, which is 9102. If you look for, who's got, who's got workman's comp insurance? Okay. So you know you pay, for a, uh, you pay for a policy as well as for every $100 in payroll, you're paying a certain fee. I put these up for, as an example because this is what was, um, this example was actually off of a real deal. But you could see with the 0042 code, the landscaper code, it was $4.84 per 100. If you were, it was done appropriately and you're in lawn maintenance and you only mow lawns or something along those lines and it's, it fits that description, it was only $2.80. That's $2. $2.04 to be exact, but $2 for every $100 that you, you know, so you, you could save a ton of money. You got to double check with your workman's comp whoever has your policy holder, check to make sure you're in the right class code. They will. They, they, actually, I think you do have one. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm like, there, there is one. It just might not be listed as that yet, but they will, you know, they'll put you in one. It's a, you know, if you're a bin cleaner that has a mobile unit, which most do, they're work, I know that they're working on it right now because they, up, they love getting their money and they're trying to figure out, well, maybe you're only paying $1.50. They're like, well, they're mobile. There's a higher risk there. We're going to get $1.80 out of them. Sync Live 2024 in Atlanta, Georgia is the premier event in the green industry that showcases unique products and solutions for your business. From top industry leaders sharing their knowledge through engaging presentations to networking opportunities with top industry brands and fellow attendees all on the showroom floor. Get your tickets at SyncLive.com and join us this February in Atlanta where landscape design, build, and maintenance come together under one roof. If you want to earn more money in your business, it may be as simple as raising your prices. Braden, use our price increase letter and what happened? Well, we've actually been in business for 32 years now. My dad started it and then he handed the reins over to me. And in 32 years, he'd never increased the prices ever. And I knew that we had to make a change. So we actually got your price increase letter, increased the price by 20%. And um, we were doing around a million gross, up that to 1.2. And we had eight cancellations through the entire thing. So we raised our prices through that letter about 200 grand say that say that one more time $200,000 that was sitting on the table that we weren't getting access to just through a letter. So it, it helped us out big time. So do you think the price increase letter uh, provided an ROI for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, beyond is probably the best investment we've made in 32 years. <laughs> that is awesome. You can get the price increase letter at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. It's a plug and play template. You just put in your information, insert date here, insert name here. And in the most straightforward, concise way, it explains to your customer why you're raising their price it made him 200 grand each year and then you're going to raise the price again next year exactly this is exactly another reason why i like having divisions so the question is you know if you if you have a guy that's working 75 percent in landscape and like 25 percent in mowing 
this is why I like having divisions. This is why I like having dedicated people to it. Because when we had, the fortunate thing is with mowing and with um, fertilizer, and squirt, it was basically the same code. Didn't have to really worry about it. But if you have dedicated crews that are landscapers and dedicated mowing crews or a dedicated hardscape crew, all three, actually all three of those will be different. But what you have to, this is why you have to have a good agent that's going to guide you, ask you the right questions. Because let's just say you have a, just a two-man landscape crew. They would be put in at that 0042. You have six guys that do mowing. They'll all be here. If you have office staff, they still have a class code because they're still covered under your workman's comp. If, you're, if they're working in your building, their stuff is like, I don't know, 80 cents. You know, it's, it, I don't have an accurate uh, 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 number on it right now. But just for example, it's like if you, if you, when you put your business into different divisions, it's easier to say, okay, payroll, landscapers, office workers, mowers, all that. And that could also compound and help you save money. I've, I went over this with, a, 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 about, it was about a year ago. I went through this with uh, one of my clients and he had no idea. And the per- people that he got his policy through were, I don't know if they were oblivious. They probably just didn't care enough to explain it to him. And Everything was, he, he had a hardscape company that he had a, it had hardscaping and a bunch of other stuff, but he was for everybody. He was paying the top dollar where we're talking like $7 per hundred. It was like seven per almost 7% of his uh, workman's. It, it was crazy. It was killing him. we we made that change. And within like six, seven months, he, he could see it in his business. He's like, man, this time last year, we're doing about the same revenue, but I got more money in my pocket. And it's like, yeah, because you got to check up on these things. You have to understand how the system works. Uh, and then we also have our unemployment taxes. You have your FUDA and your SUDA, Federal Unemployment Tax Act, your State Unemployment Tax Act. Your federal is going to be 6%. It's just a given. It's a federal tax act. Your states are going to be slightly different. They're going to vary. Because it's going to depend on your work history, how many people you have that have claimed unemployment, uh, which state you live in has different restrictions or different limits to each one. So this is not a, don't think it's 3% right off the get, okay? Because Alabama, Michigan, Indiana, California is totally different. You know, but they're totally different people. And I'm sorry if there's somebody from California here. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying, I'm speaking the truth here. You guys are weird. Um, (laughs) You put up with a lot of stuff. But anyway, after all is said and done, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot there. So on this next one, let, I'm just going to give you an example of what a seasonal crew member is going to look like. Okay. So if you pay, you know, crew member, insert name here, and you're, you got to pay him 20 bucks an hour. You know, that's his wage. You're paying him 40 hours a week. Your season, this is a, now remember, this is a seasonal guy. It's not 52 weeks because there's 52 weeks in a year. Say your season only lasts 30 weeks. All in all, you're basically budgeting for, uh, you know, uh, 1,200 hours working, right? Just straight pay is 24,000. 
we start looking at all the different percentages and I, I put it in percentage form. And I also, well, here, your workman's comp, um, your workman's comp rate's actually not in a percentage because it's per, based on per hundred. So there's a little bit of a different uh, formula there. But if you're looking at it and you start adding all this up, that $20 an hour guy is now $24 and 30 cents. Yeah, a lot of, I've, I've seen a lot of guys say, uh, you know, they slip up and talk about that in front of their employees and they're like, the employer's like, I don't make $24 and 30 cents. It's like, yeah, but you cost me 2430 or, you know, to make sure that you get your $20 an hour. They're like, well, you take taxes out of that. No, it's like, yeah, we're doing it for you. That's what the law requires. The IRS needs it. It's like, they don't need it. I don't like the IRS, but anyway, oh, there we go. I'm going to get flagged. Anyway, but after all is said and done, you look at it and you really, when it, at, at the very end here, it comes out to, you were thinking you're going to pay $24,000 for somebody's uh, pay, their payroll. And it really costs you 29000 a little over 29000 for it. Most of you are definitely going to use a payroll company of some sort. You don't necessarily have to do the math and figure all this out. Why would I spend so much time on this? The reason is I just want you to be aware of how this is because it's important when you do your budgeting. You have to understand that if you're paying a guy $20,000 or $20 an hour, it's not going to cost you twenty-four dollars or $24,000 for a season. It's going to be closer to uh, $30,000. It, it could be, you know, depending on what you're doing. So, I mean, you know, th that example, would you agree that's pretty thorough? Anybody think anything's missing out of that? Do you think we're good? We're, we're going to the bank on it? Uh, it's, I, you know I'm trying to trick you. I'm trying to trick you a little bit. I'm going to be honest. It's not. Because if you are going to take care of your, your people and you want to attract the right people, it's, also, it's not including any fringe benefits. You got health insurance, retirement. You might have paid vacations. You might have, um, I mean, just think of like any... Uh, like dental, all these other things that you could have, paid vacations, PTO. Uh, there's a laundry list of things that you could add to try to attract people and make them want to stay with you. If you have a retirement plan and things like that, that those numbers from before, they are not going to truly reflect it. So you have to, if you, the more you add, the more that actual price goes up. When I was working in the union, our base wages were like 35 26, I think what it was, and this is years ago, but our fringe benefit package with everything, it came out to like over $52 an hour. And of course, that's where the argument comes in where guys are like, we don't make 52 bucks an hour. I'm like, uh, yeah, we, you don't make it, but you get free. It's not free healthcare, but you know, it's not coming out of your pocket. So long intro, but this is basically, I'm going to take you step by step. Now this is, there's more bells and whistles to this, but again, we're at the meat and taters version right here. This is going to give you a very, very, very good idea of how to truly create a budget. Not only that, find out what your break-even points are, and that's where we're focusing on right now. And this is the age-old question. How many of you guys know what to charge for your services without a doubt? You're good to go. Okay. Anybody else? Is anybody fearful that they may not be charging the right amount? All right. This is pretty much everybody. This is going to help you. This is going to solve your problem of being fearful 
This part, I'm not kidding you. This is my gift to you. I want you to have peace in not only in your heart, but your business, your family, and just conducting business. It is important to me. And this is why I want to help as many people as I can, because I've been there. I have failed. And it was so painful for me because just failing sucks. But then all the other things that compound on you, you, you don't need that. I want to be the guy that helps you sidestep that. So take notes if you can. Uh, we're going to skip this part. You guys know who I am. I am John Pajak, by the way. So, <laughs> Who's that attractive man up on the stage? Oh, that's just me. First question I ask once we get to this point, when you're trying to find out what your break-even point is, how long is your season? Who, who's, who's from the South? How much? Okay, great. How, what's your season look like? 12 months out of the year. Okay. Uh, how about yourself? Okay. Okay. See what I'm talking about with the divisions? They have, some of you guys have a full year to do everything. All of your, all of your services. Some are split. Some are restricted to eight months. This is going to make a huge difference in when you start calculating this. So, for example, this is what it looks like. And this is how you determine how long your season is. It's pretty simple. It's very simple math. If you're going to be working eight hours a day, five days a week, 40 hours, you know, which leads to 40 hours per week, you take that 40 hours and say you're working year round. That's 12 months out of the year. That's 52 weeks. 12 times the 52, or excuse me, 40 times the 52 comes out to 2,080. So that's your season. That's when you're making your money. We're not including overtime, but we're just going to, you know, put that as our base. Now let's look at a seasonal guy. This includes me. I'm up from, you know, Chicago area. We can't do a lot of the services we do in the wintertime. Actually, usually late fall, we're, we're kind of packing up and we're getting ready for snow if we do that. But again, same formula. You're going to, during the season, you're going to work eight hours a day, five days a week, 40 hours, a week, you know, per week. Don't ask me about, we're, let's keep it simple. Let's not talk about, you know, pay for performance or anything like that. That's something we could talk about later. But when it comes down to it, again, you've got your 40 hours, which comes down here, 40 hours per week. We work 30 weeks out of the season. So there's 22 weeks where we're not making money. And we get 1,200 hours per season. Again, it's not, you know, if you end up working overtime or whatever, we're not accounting for that right now. What you need to do from here, and I put it into the basic terms here, you want to collect your data. You want to get your direct labor. You want to get your equipment replacement costs. And I'm going to, and this, this is gold, guys. This is a very, <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to replace your equipment while you're working. So you, you know, I, I you know, Dave Ramsey is a, um, I'm sure everybody, does everybody know who Dave Ramsey is? I'm a Dave Ramsey certified coach, okay? I've been debt-free for a very long time using his methods. It's mostly common sense, but he puts it in a way that makes you remember it. Anyway, long story short, equipment replacement costs are going to be calculated. Your equipment operational costs, and this is what a lot of people forget. You know, if you got a, who's got some really cool uh, 
zero turns. There's some really cool pieces of equipment. Those run off of butterflies and rainbow farts? No. <laughs> they need gas. They need oil. They need maintenance. They, and all that stuff costs money. So with that being said, it's going to, we're going to calculate for that. We're going to talk about your fixed overhead expenses, and we're going to talk about your marketing. How many of you have a marketing budget? One, two, anybody else? Three? Zero. Oh, okay. I'm going to teach you because I'm not saying that everybody needs to be scalable, but to live, we're st we still need a certain volume of work. So it's very important, even if you want to stay where you're at, that you still budget for a marketing, uh, marketing budget. Because if you don't, you're going to get to a certain point where you're stagnant and maybe you're not, you're not growing. You're just, you're just kind of like stuck. Okay. We're going to do an example of a two-man mowing crew. Who mows in here? Okay. I think almost everybody. Mr. Producer, you're, you're not on the mower when you're producing my stuff? Okay. And, that, and I mean, that's why I hired a producer as amazing as yourself to produce the broadcast. So <laughs> it's the circle of life. If you're not good at it, hire it out. It's the best way to do it. It's see, like for a guy like myself who likes to do everything himself, it's hard to do. But this guy, I want you to get used to looking at this chart. Okay. It doesn't really have much in here because there's all these questions like, Ah, what's my break even direct labor? I don't know what I'm doing for my man hour rate. I don't know any of this stuff, right? You're in the dark right now. But we're going to keep bouncing back to this because we're going to go through every single one of these and I'm going to show you how I calculate it and it's very, very accurate. It's going to, it could possibly change your business and I'm not kidding you. And then it allows you to free, free up to do all the other stuff you need to do in business. So the first thing we're doing is we're going <clears> to, <throat> Calculate the average wage for our direct labor. And it's very simple. We're going to go lane by line here. Say you're, you have a, a crew lead that makes $20 an hour. You could have a, a laborer that works with them. So this is, remember, we're calculating for a two-man crew, okay? The laborer makes 15 bucks an hour. You combine the two, 20 plus 15 comes out to 35 per hour total. And then the average wage, so you take the total and you divide it by the number of laborers. So we have two in this case. So $35 divided by the two laborers comes out to $17.50. Remember I told you to check out this chart? We're coming back to it. So we put that in there. Now we're going <clears> to <throat> estimate any overtime pay because it's imp you might not be able to, vary to predict how much overtime you're going to be working in a year. Some, some businesses work tons of time. They six days a week and they work 10 hour days, 12 hour days. And if they're not budgeting for that, it could be detrimental to their, or their bottom line in, in the end. But what you want to do is you want to build overtime into your labor, your labor. And on average, and this is something that I've, I've done myself in my businesses. I've also looked at uh, when I was in construction, there was, I kind of cheated. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I'm not some, I'm not, I'm, very, I'm, I'm good at this, but uh, you know, some of these ideas are not my original ones. I was you know, smart enough to look at smarter people than me who did all these studies 
And they were based, they basically came up to it uh, that there, there's a percentage of what each person actually works overtime. Uh, you got to look at this too. You got to, you know, think about like our, our season, you're going to be experiencing like weather delays and all this other stuff. And you, certain days you're going to be working like a madman just to make up for it. But on average, you should calculate some, I shouldn't say should, you could uh, put in there 3.3% to help offset what it's going to cost you in overtime. Okay. And this is the average amount of overtime maintenance crews work in a, in a single season. We're back to our chart. At this point, does anybody have any questions? Is everybody following along with this? Am I making it easy for you? Okay. So again, we talked about labor burden early on. This is just kind of a recap of it. I'm not going to go deep into it again, but you're just talking about the payroll taxes that we got to pay, the health insurance, dental insurance, retirement, and any other benefits that the company you know, provides. And basically at this point, you could express that labor burden is a, as a percentage instead of saying, oh, it's a dollar amount, right? You can figure it out. It's going to, I will just tap through these. You can kind of start adding them up. In this example, you know, the FUDA, the FICA, the FUDA, the SUDA are all the same. Workers comp might cost your business at 1.2%. And then your benefits package, we're adding a benefits package in here. It might include healthcare, whatever. It's just a small number that we put in there. So remember, these, these numbers are for demonstration purposes only. In this uh, demonstration, it's coming out to 19% for our labor burden. Anybody have, uh, anybody with work or, uh, with payroll and stuff, does that sound about right to you? About 19% in burden? Anybody? Anybody want to just, okay. So we come back here to our fancy little chart, which is the simplest chart I make. Very straightforward, meat and taters version, right? We come in here and now it's, we, we see that we have our labor burden filled in. Now, uh, uh, Marvin he talked about this, like the, we were talking about it last night. And one last thing that you need to figure out is how much unbillable time does your business accrue every single day? And there's a study done, and I did this myself because sometimes if they're close enough or if it's a quick trip or if they pay me enough, I'll go to people's, uh, I will go to people's businesses and I will kind of track their, their crews. And one fun story, I'll just, I'll put, I'll, I'll put this out here. On an average, during a, like an eight hour day, only six hours of that is work getting done. Whether it's them loading up their equipment, doing some shop time, drive time, windshield time, we call it. You know, if they're doing that uh, on an average day, they're only working six hours. You could only bill for six hours in that eight hour day. And that's crazy because you think like, oh, we're efficient. We don't spend that much time. There might be, on a, in, in, a, in a nice way, you might have 25% of your business not being able to recover that. So you have to build that into your pricing. One story, I'll just be real quick about it. This one guy, he hired me. I flew out. I was there the day early. I didn't want to just show up on, the, on site the same day and be exhausted. I show up and he's got... I know where he's located at and I followed one of his trucks. I got the rental car and I kind of, I'm like, you know, 
Dick Tracy, you know, being a little private eye for him. Well, I, I follow him around. I look at him and, you know, these guys are doing their job. They're knocking out, you know, I'm following them. Their route density is pretty tight and they're going about their day. I record the times. The next day I meet with the owner. We decide we're going to follow pretty much that same crew. He, he take, he's, we're in his truck. We're following that same crew around and they're doing like very similar route where it's the same size properties. It has like the same distance between properties and they're hammering it out. And I'm, I recorded the times I'm leaving that night or so he thought I ended up leaving in the morning or I was supposed to, I told him I was leaving in the morning. My flight wasn't until like three thirty, four o'clock. I go again and I do my Dick Tracy thing. I'm, I'm, they don't know, they, like, they see in my face now, but like I'm still incognito because they don't know what rental car I have. So I kind of follow that crew again. They do the exact same thing. Work quality is the same, same kind of route, same everything, pretty much. You know, same size lawns, same route density. The thing was, I called him. I, I'm like, I'll, I'll get you the report. It's going to take me, it's going to take me a little while to go through. He had a pretty big company. About three weeks later, I call him up and I'm like, yeah, you know, we're going to review your report. And then I just mentioned to him, I said, I got some stuff. You know, he, he's like, hey, I got a question for you. Like, you know, what's our productivity level look like? And I'm like, yeah, I got that calculated for you. We look at it and I told him, I'm like, hey, yeah, I came in early and I left late. I tracked your guys for two days without you, without you being in the truck with me. And I flat out told him, I said, you know, when you were, uh, when we were together following that crew, they were right around 25% of, you know, there's only 25% loss in time. I said the day before and the day after I followed that same crew, they're about 32, 33% lost time. He almost lost his stuff, man. He was like, Oh man, I got to start cracking the whip. I can't, this is not right. I said, hold on. I followed them. They weren't hanging out at Dunkin' Donuts. They weren't like, sitting on their phone in the truck. They were get, as soon as the truck was stopping, they were getting out. They were jumping on the machines, firing everything up. They were, they were executing. I looked at him, I'm like, these guys are great. He's like, but you're, how big of a percentage is that? That's crazy. I go, you can't yell at your crew for doing that. You have to go and adjust your pricing to adapt to that because it's on you now. You know your crews are just, it's just not physically possible to run them at the 25% rate because they're going to get burnt out so quick. So I, you know, I calmed him down. I talked him off the ledge. He wasn't going to go. He, he was talking about going in there with a rubber hose and just start whacking people around. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. It's your job as the owner to identify that. You did identify it. We identified it together. You adapt. So it, it, it adjusted his pricing. So an example with the inefficiencies that a business generally has, like you could say 25% or more. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. If you're sitting there at like 50%, there's probably some things you need to change. You're going to have to either increase your route density, maybe get, um, uh, you just be more efficient in your routing, uh, get your equipment right. Because there's a lot of times guys uh, will be operating equipment that has not been maintained and it breaks down. And if that's the case, you could identify that and say, well, we'll either fix that machine properly, not Band-Aids and bungee cords. I've seen that on fuel lines where somebody wrapped a Band-Aid around it to keep it from leaking for the day, which turned into a month. <laughs> Anybody do that? Duct tape it. 
I know your guilt. Don't lie to me. I don't even need the microphone here. You, I know all of you have done it at one point in time because I know I've done it. I'm not going to get mad at you. What's that? Huh? Yeah? Okay. You want to go? I love you too. I love all of you. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, you know, you start looking at that. So if you, if you start noticing that you're way up, say like 50%, you got to change something. Because that's, unless you're like running. Listen, if you start ranking up that high, you got to change something. Address it quickly. Otherwise, you're going to not make any money. But anyway, if you look at your labor, you're going to have approximately on a good day, best day, you might have about 25%. If you're looking at your equipment, that equipment can't operate if the laborers aren't there running it. So you're, whatever this top line might be, like 99.9% of the time, unless you've got an automated mower or something running, it's going to be the same. And then when you look at materials, now I'm not saying what we do in our company is because we buy our stuff and we store it in-house, I tack on immediately if a, if a uh, you know, fertilizer comes in, it's a $400 pallet, which <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but anyway, I'm thinking of the old days when it was nice. If, if a $400 pallet of, of uh, uh, fertilizer came in, it would immediately get marked up 40 or 10, 10% to 440 because it's going to sit there and it's taking up space in my warehouse. It's taking up space and I'm, I got to pay for that. And that's how I could help recover some of the costs of the, um, the, the unavailable or the available space that's left over uh, for that unit. Well, I hope you were blessed by John there diving into these numbers. Like I said, top of the program, it costs so much more than we realize to run our business. But when we do make that realization and when we do understand our numbers, it gives us the boldness to uh, make sure we're running everything airtight and efficient and that we're pricing on point. Uh, so that we can be profitable. If you want more from uh, John Pajak, there's a couple ways you can get connected with this content and information. Uh, number one, Naylor has a full replay of the talks from his event uh, featuring Keith Kalfas and myself, JP, Jonathan Toshnik, Marvin Salcedo, Pajak. Uh, you can watch these messages um, in their full entirety um, that was filmed by the wonderful crew at the Creator Clubhouse at the LCR Summit. So, uh, just check out Naylor, just DM him on Instagram and ask him if, how you can get a hold of that replay. He'll hook you up with that. And then if you want uh, to really know more about your numbers, John Pajak and I did a Know Your Numbers e-training course um, that's available at greenindustrypodcast.com uh, where we cover this information and so much more. Uh, so you can get connected with that if you want to take a deep dive into understanding your numbers. Uh, just check out the link into the shit. Today's show notes. Uh, or just visit greenindustrypodcast.com and you can get connected with our um, Knowing Your Numbers course. Well, thanks for listening to today's show. Hope to catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. 
This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.